0: and lift our voice. Come on, let's talk to the Lord for a few moments here. We need to invite God back into this place again. Hallelujah. We want God to stay here tonight. We've been feeling his presence. Amen. God, we need you to stay a little while longer. We're not through with you yet, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you have a need tonight, why don't you lift it up to the Lord right now? Why don't you ask the Lord to talk to your need tonight, to talk to your situation? Come on, make yourself available for the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, I believe God's not through in this house tonight. God is desiring to move in a special way. Amen. But we've got to let him. I said we've got to let him work. Come on, let's lift our voice. Let's lift our voice in this place. We love you, Lord. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy tonight. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God. Amen. We serve the greatest God that ever was and ever will be. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thankful to be here again tonight. Look forward to what the Lord's going to do. Amen. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Revelation, chapter number 2. Amen. Revelation, chapter number 2. We'll also be reading from 1 Corinthians, chapter 2. While you're turning again, I want to give honor to your pastor, his wife, and this church, as well as these other brethren. Amen. It's good to see them. Good to see my friend, Brother Cabrera, here tonight. We go way back, amen, to that junior camp. That was a good time. Amen. Hopefully I preach a little bit better tonight. Amen. I was young back then. I'm still young. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Age is just a number. It's however you feel. Amen. My dad told me the other day, he said, I'll be 57 this year. And he said, I really don't feel that old until I stop and think about how old you are. (laughs) He said, you make me feel old. I said, well, we're just going to do our best to stay young in the spirit. Praise the Lord. Amen. the church can say amen to that. I believe the Lord has something in store for us here tonight. I know there's much planned following the service and I am thoroughly looking forward to the fellowship as well as the great meal that is prepared. But I'm humbly asking you tonight if you will give God your undivided attention and if you will allow the word of God and the spirit of God to go forth in this place. I don't know about you tonight and I know it's already been said but I need preaching in my life. I need preaching. God designed Preaching to save them that believe. The believing part is on me. The response part is on me. But God will send forth preaching. And preaching will minister to us. And God will move in this place and work in a miraculous way if only we will allow Him to. Amen. Revelation chapter number 2, one verse of Scripture, verse number 17 Revelation 2, verse 17, the writer says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Amen. But before I can have the hidden manna that God has available, before I can have a new name written in glory, I've got to first learn how to hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared. For them that love Him. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Everybody say, by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things. Can you say, all things? Yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man? Save the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned, amen, amen. I need the Lord to help me tonight and I need you to help me, amen. So we can accomplish what I believe the Lord would like to do in this place tonight. With your help and most importantly with God's help I want to preach to this congregation tonight on the ministry of the Spirit, the ministry of the Spirit. Can you lift your hands toward heaven and ask God to allow His Spirit to minister in this place. God, we love you. We thank you for your touch in this house. God, we know that you have a plan and a purpose, God, that you want to fulfill in this place tonight. God, we know that there are situations that you desire to speak to, lives that you desire to work in tonight. But, God, we need to open ourselves up to you to make ourselves available for your word and your spirit to begin to do its perfect work, God, to accomplish what you so desire to do in this house tonight. God, I know, I know that you desire to work in this place God, if only we will let you. God, will you help us to be willing to let you tonight in this place? In Jesus' name, would you clap your hands to the Lord tonight in the service? God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's been some time ago that I was praying and I asked the Lord and I said, Lord, I I really want to know, I want to know what, what is holding us back. What is keeping us as a church, as a body of believers in the truth. Amen. I believe in this word of God with every fiber in my being from cover to cover. God, I believe every line, every precept, every truth that is in this Bible. God, I believe it. Amen. And I believe I'm in a church tonight, amen, that would concur with me in in believing the word of God. I said, Lord, I want to know what is The obstacle, I know there are many obstacles that we face in living for God, many obstacles that that we as individuals or we collectively as a church could, could say that are in front of us in our endeavor to pursue God, to pursue revival, and ultimately to pursue heaven. And I asked the Lord God, could you please just give me a little glimpse, help me to understand what is one of the greatest obstacles that is in our churches, that, that maybe I could deal with it within myself and my own walk with God and hopefully preach to others and help them that we could get the obstacle out of the way and allow you to have free course in our services to do what you desire to do. Amen. It was almost like a little subtle touch, a little nudge from God as he began to direct me to the of Romans chapter 8 where Paul begins to talk to the Roman church about the carnal mind being the enemy of God. Amen. And the Lord began to deal with me as an individual, as a preacher, that telling me that if I'm ever going to see, amen, the work of God accomplished uh, and the move of God like I desire. Amen. In my prayer and in my dreams and in my visions uh, and in my in my truest desire is to see God work in an unprecedented way. I believe in miracles. I believe uh, in and wonders. I believe in God putting families back together. I believe in God healing cancer and healing diabetes. You say, why do I believe that? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And not only do I believe it, but I've seen it with my own eye. I've seen God do wonders among us. But I ask the Lord God, why don't we see it more? Why don't we see these types of moves of God? Amen. More in our churches and in our movement. And that simple answer, why? the carnal mind has creeped into the church. Now before you get ahead of me, let me qualify by telling you this, that the carnal mind is not always sin. The carnal mind is simply the natural man, the natural woman, and yes, I understand that the carnal mind worketh against us, and it can lead into places of sin, but when you are in your carnal mind, you're not always sinning when I'm riding down the road with my wife and telling her that I love her and I appreciate her, which I do Amen, that's the carnal man that's in love with his wife. But when I come to church and I try to commune with God, amen, the Bible says that the natural man does not have the capacity to receive and understand the deep things of God. Amen, the natural mind, the carnal mind does not have the ability to fully understand and grasp the depth of our God, the power of our God. Amen, the ability of our God. And the natural mind plays tricks on us because we start to think my problem's too big for God, my situation's too great for God. And we start to lean upon, now listen, I, I, I thank God that this church is very blessed. I'm not going to qualify everything for the rest of this service. Just know I love good music. I love good choirs. Amen. My wife plays and sings. I I love to hear singing. I I love amen. I love all of the the programs that this church puts on. My kids uh, are loving the kingdom. I love everything that we're doing around here tonight. Amen. And in this revival of what you do on a weekly basis. I thank God for the structure of the church. I thank God for the traditions. Amen. Even in apostolic Pentecostal churches we have traditions. And I thank God for them. I'm not taking away From them, amen. But all of those things are built around and centered around, amen. The Spirit of God, amen. We've got to have a move of the Spirit of God, we've got to have a move of the Spirit of God, we've got to have a move, or it's all in vain. Every song, every drum beat, every strum of the guitar, every perfect note, every perfect solo, every program, every ideology, every methodology that we put together. Amen. And keep on doing it. But get the spirit involved. Get the spirit involved. Get the leading of the spirit involved in everything that you do. Amen. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit saith unto the church. And he wasn't talking about your physical ear. We can all reach up, at least I believe most of us. Could reach up tonight, and we've got two ears on our head. We say, "Yeah, I preach." I've got an ear to hear. Hey, man, but there is a difference between when I'm talking to you even right now and I believe the anointing of God is upon me and I feel my help here tonight amen but there is a difference between you looking up here and pastor was already in the vein and just as a speaker as a motivational speaker you can hear the words that I'm saying unto you tonight and you might even in your natural man say yeah I understand that that makes sense amen you you've got the intellectual capacity to understand because you've been taught but I'm going to tell you something tonight we've got to get beyond just what we've been taught, we've got to get beyond what man can teach us. And when we come to church, there's got to be something in us that says, "I want to hear. I want to hear what the, saith the word of God. I want to hear what the Spirit has to say under the church." Amen. Again, I'm not taking away from the mechanics and from the amen the routine of what we go through at church. Amen. There's traditions that we follow and are in order. Let all things be done in decency and in order. But at some place in that order, at some place in that amen, and that program. There needs to be room for the Spirit of God to sweep into this place and come into this house and begin to do what only God can do and begin to minister in a way that only God can minister. Amen. Can I tell you tonight that God can do stuff for you that a pastor, that a preacher, that an evangelist, that a program, that a church will never be able to do because he's God. Because he's God. Because he's the God that said let there be and there was. The ministry of the Spirit. These days, we've got ministries for everything, and I'm not saying it's all bad. There's some good in it, as long as we don't eliminate the most important ministry, and that's God's working, God's doing, God's ministry, the ministry of the Spirit, the admi- the administration that God comes in, and God takes over, and God has liberty. The writer begins to set the precedent in the book of Revelation and we see that there's seven churches, seven churches of Asia and I'm not here to change your theology, whatever you believe, you believe. Man, you, you, you believe whatever you're taught around here, but I will tell you that there is a there is a pattern in this, in this writing of the seven churches of Asia. And whatever the problem was, in Ephesus, they had lost and left their first love and the call to repent. Smyrna, they, they were told to be not fearful but to be faithful. Pergamus, he said, I have a few things against you. You've allowed false doctrines in. You've allowed idol worship. You've allowed immorality. And man, thy I've got a few things against you. You've allowed the spirit of Jezebel to come in teaching and seducing my servants. Immorality and idol worship. Sardis, as as there are some things in you that are about to die. You need to strengthen them. Philadelphia, you have little strength, but you've not denied my name. You've kept my word. Hold fast and let no man take thy crown. Laodicea, you're not hot. You're not cold, but you're lukewarm. You're right. You're just comfortable right there. In the beginning, we see seven different scenarios, seven different, amen, attitudes of churches and problems, and can I tell you that in 2024, we are seeing all of that within the church, whether here or there, amen, that doesn't really matter what I really want to focus on is that in seven different churches, seven different scenarios, seven different problems, amen, from the good to the bad to the ugly, from those that were barely hanging on by a thread, amen, and needed just a little strength to go on, all the way down to those that were having church around Satan's seat, Brother Cabrera, all the way down to those that were facing the spirit of Jezebel and immorality in the church. It all pointed back to seven times the writer said, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. Under the church, amen. You know what God was trying to tell us, amen. When you are dealing with the battle and the spiritual warfare, amen. Programs are good, teaching is needed, structure is needed. But when it gets down to the battlefield, amen, there's only one answer, and that's the ministry of the spirit. Amen. There are some problems in your life that you don't need another counseling session, you need an altar call. There are some problems in your life, you don't need another hour with the pastor, you need to get on your face and say, God, I'm not leaving this altar. Until the spirit of God comes down and breaks the chains of bondage. Until the spirit of God comes down and heals my body. Until the spirit of God comes down. now, 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 I'm not taking away from the need of a pastor. Okay? You can't be saved without a pastor. You need his counseling. But too many times we go to man before we go to God. I wonder how many times if a pastor would ask, hey, you knocked on my door, you scheduled this setting, how much, how much time and prayer have you spent over this before we sit down and talk? And I, and I haven't spent a whole lot of time in my life around your pastor, but I've been around him enough to know he's a very intelligent man, hey, amen, he's got, he's got his head on his shoulders, he knows what's going on around here, and he's going to lead you in the right direction, Hey Amen. But I wonder how much more effective the direction and the advice of a man of God would be if you had already got in the spirit and began to let, let the Spirit of God begin to make the ground fertile for the advice to fall in and take up root. Too many times we come to the man of God already hard, already bitter, already upset, amen, and the ground is already locked up, amen. I'm just going to tell you, no matter how wise and how intelligent, how much wisdom any preacher you talk to has, amen, there's only one thing that can penetrate a hard heart, and that is the Spirit of God. There is only one thing that can penetrate a stony heart, amen, and that is the miraculous moving of of the Spirit of God when the anointing of God comes down in a service and seven different reasons, seven different churches, and he said there's only one answer. Oh, I know the message might be different, amen, the sermon might be different, amen, the title and the text might be different, but the driving force, the driving power that is behind the preaching is you've got to hear what the Spirit of God is trying to say. You've got to tap in to what the Spirit of God is trying to accomplish. We get to the end of Revelation 3 and God concludes it with this, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Behold, I stand at the door, not of a sinner, although if you're a sinner here tonight, God's reaching for you too. And if you're a backslider here tonight, that's the ministry of God too. But in this setting... In this setting, he was standing outside the door of the church. What's wrong with that picture? That God is on the outside of the door. He's not on the inside. He's on the outside. And they're inside. The church is inside. And everything seems to be all right. But what they've missed is we're in here having church. And God's out there knocking, trying to get in. I've often wondered how come in this setting he knocked. But in the setting of the disciples, he walked through the wall. God knows where he's welcome and where he's not welcome. Amen. God is a gentleman. If he knows somebody has him shut out, he's not going to go to them. But the reason he went to the disciples is because they were already open to him. They were already receptive. They were waiting. They were, they were hoping for him. Just like on the day of Pentecost, they were waiting until they be endued with power from on high. But the moment we lock up and seize up, amen, and it don't even have to be sin. It can be a carnal mind that has allowed us to slip slip into complacency and to a place of being just lukewarm and going through the motions and going through the mechanics of church and going through, well, preacher, I'm obeying the law. I've got the holiness down. I've got the faithfulness to church down I put the money in the tithing envelope I put the money in the offering I'm here early I stay late I'm going through all the routine of church amen but what I really want to know is when the spirit starts knocking are you standing there ready to open the door and let God come in and let God work and let God stir your spirit and let God speak to your soul and let God search you for the spirit searcheth all things David said, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my uprising, my downsetting. You know my thoughts are far off. He said, There's not a word in my tongue that you don't already know it all together. He said, Oh, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from your presence? He said, I could run. I could go. I could ascend into the heights of heaven. I could make my bed in hell. He said, But behold, whether I choose to go up or go down, God, you're there pursuing me, chasing me, searching me out, trying to get a hold of me, trying to chase me down. Can I tell you there's no man made program that'll chase you like that? But the ministry of the Spirit will go wherever you're at and try to get a hold of you and try to chase you down and try to pull you out of the bar and pull you off the street and put you on an apostolic pew and radically change your life. We clap our hands for the Lord stand at the door and knock. God was not pulling for sinners in this passage, but he's trying to get the attention of the church. You can ignore. You can ignore man. You can ignore religion. You can ignore structure. You can ignore a door hanger. But do you really want to ignore God? Do you really want to ignore God? If you really want to, you could tighten up on me right now and say, you know what, Brother Hornsby be gone in about five, six more services and we'll get back to how we like it and, and we like the rhythm and the, and the tempo of a different preacher and, and pastor and another evangelist and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I, I've got some I like too, a little better than myself, amen, all of them, praise the Lord. But let me tell you something, I'm not here just so you can be impressed by pretty preaching. I didn't come here to give you my little sermon. I didn't answer the call of God, amen, and do this, amen, to get up and impress anybody. But I called, amen, I answer the call of God to step into a place where the God's spirit can work through me, amen, and try to help somebody else. Amen, it's not about whether you like the way I preach or anybody else, but can you hear? Can you hear? Why, you got a chance to hear? Can you hear what the spirit of God is trying to say? What the spirit of God is trying to do? What the ministry of the spirit... The spirit of God knows no boundaries, but it searcheth all things. I've got limitations. These men have limitations. But God's spirit don't have any limitations. God's spirit can flow and move. But Ezekiel likens the spirit of God like the river that flows and water naturally goes to the path of least resistance. And it's not that it's not that the water won't beat up against an edge long enough until it gets gets some gets some availability and, and works in, but but it's naturally going to flow to an open inlet. It's naturally going to flow where there's a channel already made available. It's naturally going to flow. And so when the ministry of the Spirit begins in the apostolic church when the spirit of God begins to move you may look across the church and say I don't know how brother so and so and sister so and so how they so easily get in the spirit and how they so easily pray and how they so easily worship I'll tell you how because they've cleared the debris they've cleared the junk and they put their carnal mind to the side and they said God here I am I'm an inlet flow in me flow through me overtake me I need the ministry of the spirit in my life I need God spirit to speak to me. I need God's spirit to work on me. I need God's spirit to encourage me. I need God's spirit to baptize me with a fire. I appreciate when my friends text me and say, hey, I'm praying for you. Be encouraged. It means so much. It means so much when that brother or that sister comes across the aisle and shakes your hand and says, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. You can do it. You can make it. It's it's encouraging. But that can only carry you so far. That can only carry you so far until you come to a place where there's there's no way around it. I'm going to need to get touched by God. I'm going to need the Spirit of God to intervene. And I'm not making an excuse. I know we need to encourage one another. But there's sometimes that you need the Spirit of God to come down and move on you when there's nobody else there, when you're all alone and no one's calling and no one's texting and no one's coming and shaking your hand and you're coming to church and you're feeling all alone and feeling like nobody cares and feeling like the pastor forgot about you and feel like the ministry forgot about you and feel like you're just kind of lost in the shuffle of the church or the youth group or whatever age group you're in. Amen, baby, let me tell you something tonight. Amen, you might be in that place right now and it's a dark place for you amen but the spirit of God is not intimidated by what you're facing I said the spirit of God is not intimidated to come to you where you're at amen there may be times that we put on our stony face and we we, we can intimidate people to walk the other way and we shut down on people because we're, we're, we're in a carnal mindset of not wanting to talk and not wanting to tell anybody but the spirit of God is not intimidated by your stony heart the spirit of God is not intimidated amen by you shutting down on humanity, but God will keep knocking, God will keep coming God will keep pursuing, God will keep reaching and there are some things that responding to music responding to teaching responding to religion Responding. I'm excited about a leadership class. I'm gonna come sit in. I want to be there. I believe in that kind of stuff. I'm qualifying just in case. I can respond to all of those things, but if I get to hear and I don't respond to the spirit, you can become a perfected robot in the house of God. And then Because we're so perfect in all the exterior, we start looking around at people that are imperfect and start blaming them on why we're not having a move of God. And start blaming them on why the spirit's not moving and why there's no miracles and why why we're not seeing the things that we desire to see. All the while the people that are imperfect are just saying, God, I've got mistakes. I've got failures. I haven't got it all together yet. But if you'll use me, if you'll pour your spirit on me, if you'll put your anointing, and they're having church and they're having revival and they're having a move of God, because God says, I can work with that. I can minister to that. I can reach that. Jesus told the Pharisees, Isaiah prophesied of your generation. You've got everything right. And you even profess to honor me with your lips. But the spirit don't stop on the exterior. It gets in the heart. And he says, I'm seeing beyond the shell. I'm seeing beyond the holiness. I'm seeing beyond the exterior. And I'm looking inside your heart. And I'm seeing dead men's bones. He said, I'm seeing an empty tomb. I'm seeing people that have got it all together on the exterior. Amen. I'm trying to preach this in the right spirit for somebody here tonight. I've got no axe to grind with you here. I'm just trying to follow the Holy Ghost for the sake of somebody's soul. Amen. The ministry of the spirit is more important than everything you will ever come in contact with. Amen. I thank God for every little cross, T, and dotted I. I thank God for things being organized. I thank God for practice and doing, playing skillfully before the Lord. Even the word of God will back that. Amen. But the end result is that we kick the door wide open with all of our talent and say, God, we need you to come in. Because the spirit has a ministry unlike any of us will ever have. The spirit of God shows up, and it has a way of finding the hurting. We walk in and think, Ooh, "Everything's great, and everything's great." We're looking at each other, we're smiling, we're high-fiving, and I love it. But how many times do we high-five each other, and we can't see the turmoil? We can't see the heartache. We can't see the depression, we can't see the weight. We can't see the struggle that is going on inside of someone to a point where they know they've learned how to come to church and patty cake for Jesus and dress just right and follow the moving and the swaying of the service. Amen. To a point where you and I, because we're just natural. Amen. And if we're not used of God and we're not walking in the spirit, we can look at them on the shell on the outside and think everything's okay. Everything's hunky-dory. Everything is just a, a walk in the park for them. Oh, it must be nice living in the blessed life. And this is the blessed life. But the ministry of the spirit Can see through your blessings and through your shell and through your worship, and it can see what you're really dealing with. And the hurt, the pain, the sin. Oh, yeah. God searcheth all things. The Spirit of God. What's a man know but the things of a man? I'm sure we've got great men in here with trades. I mean, I was talking to the one brother about the oil field and pumps and valves. And if I'm going to talk to somebody about that, I'm going to go to somebody that knows what they're doing. I'm going to ask the plumber about piping and the electrician about electrical. And usually not the other way around. They may have some general knowledge, but when I need an expert, I want an expert. Hey, man. So what I am not going to do is I'm not going to trust my natural man when it comes to the things of the spirit. But God has put ministry in my life for the perfecting of the saints. But then above that, God Himself has said He'll talk to us and minister to us. And you come into church, and too many times we're waiting on man. Too many times we're waiting on the right song. Too many times, oh man, I hope they sing my favorite choir song. I hope they. Get, I hope my favorite soloist gets up. I hope Brother Bradford preaches that one message. I hope the evangelist, Amen, reads his text from my favorite passage. And we're kind of we're kind of putting our fingers, Amen, on the puppet strings of God and saying God if you'll navigate this way then you'll get my attention but what if it's just an old fashioned Bible study on a midweek service that God wants to come in and speak to you through the word of God that's called the ministry of the spirit God is not knocked down God is not nailed down to a time clock God is not nailed down to a certain day of the week it could be your Monday morning prayer meeting and you're all by yourself and you think it's just another day but all of a sudden swoosh! And a rushing mighty wind comes in there but you've got to open the door you've got to open the door I said you've got to open the door I believe in this service here tonight and all across this building there are so many needs that even if God so choose to use me in that capacity tonight we don't have the time We don't have the time for me to come down every aisle, every pew, every person, and look you in the eye, and let God speak to you. But the Spirit of God has the ability to set in this place. The Spirit of God has the ability, the Shekinah glory of God has the ability to come down in this place and fill the temple. The move of God is what we long for. The move of God is what we seek. A move of God is what we desire. But too many people have learned how to come to church and have church and because we've learned how to build up the emotion and sway with the masses and move with the traditions we go home feeling like we had good church but then we lay our head down on the pillow at night and go God I've still got this need I've still got this unanswered prayer I still got this problem that is deep down in my being. But it's in a place that humanity cannot get to. It's in a place in you. You've locked it away in a vault. That shame, that guilt, that failure, that past. You've locked it away in a vault. That disappointment. You've locked it away in a vault that no man can get to it. And you come to one of the greatest churches on earth. But there's only one thing that can reach you. The knock. The knock. The knock. The knock. It's upon the door of your heart. Any man. God's no respecter of person. If any man will open the door. Come on, church, what's he say next? I will come in. See, right now you're afraid, you're intimidated. You're scared to open the door for fear of what you hid on the other side so many years ago. You're afraid of what monster might be lying in that closet. But God's not afraid. The spirit of God's not afraid. And he's knocking on the door. And he's saying, if you'll let me come in, I'll sup with you. He's standing at the door with every healing, every emotional healing, every, every deliverance from baggage and failure and scars and wounds from your path that you could ever dream of. But it takes the action of when the Spirit calls, of when the ministry of the Spirit begins to sweep through a church. Amen. It takes a man to say, you know what, I'm not going to let this carnal mind defeat me, but I'm going to open the door and see what God will do. Bible says quench not the spirit. What are you doing to keep the spirit moving? See, the spirit has already kind of tapped into this place a few times. <clears throat> kind of leaned upon us. But are we quenching that? Or are we opening the door and letting him in? The other passage says grieve. Not the Spirit. Has anybody ever felt grief before? Anybody ever lost a loved one? Lost a friend? Had heartache? You know what that heaviness of grief feels? Paul told the church at Ephesus, don't grieve the Spirit. So many times, It can be very easy as a preacher, Brother Cabrera, Brother Bradford, to lean on the anger of God and lean on the judgment of God and lean on the righteous God and and preach sin. And I said that this morning. We preach sin and we we believe in preaching against sin around here. Amen. But let me tell you, I'm no psychologist, but I've heard a lot of them say that anger is a secondary emotion. And behind anger, there's another emotion. Could it possibly be that behind the anger of God is the grief of the Spirit? He don't want to judge. He don't want to judge. He don't want to destroy. He don't want to send nobody to hell. It's not his will that any should perish. But we grieve him so long. We grieve him to a point where like in the days of Noah brother Seth he said my spirit will not always strive with man. My spirit will not always contend with man because I have become grieved. My spirit is grieved that I ever made man. Amen. He becomes grieved when humanity resists him. He becomes grieved when he knocks on the door of your heart and when he moves into a service like we've had here tonight, knowing that you have a need, knowing that you've got emotional baggage, knowing that you're struggling in your mental health, knowing that your marriage needs a healing, knowing that you're on the verge of making a mistake, knowing that you're battling temptation. But God stands at the door and he's trying to minister and he's knocking and he's knocking and he's knocking. But the spirit of God gets grieved when nobody answers. See, I know, Brother Bradford, I've been there. I've been a young person, struggling, hiding among the stuff, going, God, if you could just let my man of God come pray for me, if you could just let the conference speaker walk over and lay his hands on me, if you could just let the evangelist come over and grab me by the hand and speak into my ear. The preacher's over there. He's working on somebody else's need. He's working on somebody else's problem. And the whole while we are missing the ministry of the Spirit. Because, yes, there may be times and seasons of urgency where God sends a man like Nathan to David and says, Thou art the man. But while God is using a preacher or a service to reach somebody, somebody way over there, God starts knocking. But it's really easy to just ignore it. It's really easy just to to brush it off. Maybe the preacher didn't identify your sin or identify your problem or word verbatim speak what you're waiting to hear. And I'm sitting on the edge of my pew. Oh, if he says, if he says my if he says my situation, if he says my problem, I'll know God's talking to me. And all the while God's underneath going. Don't you realize you're waiting on a man to speak? But my spirit is trying to minister to you. My spirit. It's trying to reach you. My spirit is trying to get you to open the door. If I could get a piano player. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to land this. I was preaching a revival somewhere. Brother Bradford, about midway through the service, a young man walked in sat on the back pew. Known in most of his life. There was a time where I'd watch him come down to the front. And the power of God would come on him and he'd just shake, speak in tongues, as the Spirit began to minister to him. Call to God on his life. Preached several times in the local church. But somewhere real early in his in his in his marriage things began to fall apart and service after service God tried to reach and tried to heal and tried to strengthen and tried to minister he ended up divorced ended up an alcoholic I watched as that young man sat on that pew white knuckles gripping the the back of the pew all of a sudden he stood up and I thought Jesus, he here it is, he's coming. And I watched him walk to the end of the pew, grabbing the pew, and he stopped. He looked to the front and he walked out the back door. Made the right move, but he went in the wrong direction. Somebody later told me they, they went out to go to the bathroom to get a drink, and he was leaned up against the wall in, in the hallway. Under so much conviction. but at that time he refused to accept the invitation of the ministry of the Spirit. Now I don't know where you're at tonight, friend. I, I don't know what kind of problems you're facing I, I don't know what kind of, kind of things are hid behind the shell. but I would go as far to say unless you're brand new around here and you might be feeling it right now for the first time but for the rest of us we all know what it's like to feel God prick our heart and begin to deal with us what would happen if we started getting back to when the ministry of the Spirit moved in our services that instead of gripping the pew, instead of worrying about what people are going to think about us, when we're sitting there and the preacher's preaching, and we know, we know God's talking to us. Oh, God, you pricked my heart. You got me. I'm going to get up out of this pew. I'm going to walk down to the altar, and I'm going to fall on my face or lift my hands and say, God, you know me like nobody else knows me. You know my insecurities. You know my failures. You know my shortcomings. God, will you please minister to me? Will you please bring healing in my spirit, healing in my mind, healing in my body? Every head bowed, every eyes closed. every head bowed and every eye closed right now, I'm giving you a minute here to have a conversation with God, because the Spirit of God is sweeping through this place right now, I'm not going to come get you, I'm not going to come grab your hand, you need to learn how to respond to the Spirit, God baptizes us with a fresh sensitivity, God baptize us with a fresh sensitivity to the Spirit of God. (laughs) Come on, you don't have to carry that baggage. You don't have to carry that emotional damage. You don't have to struggle alone. The ministry of the Spirit is in the building tonight and God is knocking on the door of your heart saying open, open, open the door. Stay right where you're at for a moment. Keep your heads bowed, eyes closed. Come on, I want you to get sensitive to God right here. Come on, no fanfare, no fanfare. No fanfare right now. We're just talking to God. Come on, we're just talking to God. We're just talking to God. This is your chance to get vulnerable. This is your chance to get open and honest with God. This is your chance to have a David moment we're so worried oh come on Samuel come on Samuel help me help me preacher help me help me to keep my kingdom help me to keep my position help me help me fix it all but when David when David and man made a mistake you know what David said take it all but don't take your spirit from me Take the throne take the kingdom take the position. God, cast me not away from thy spirit. Because I can't make it, God, without the ministry of the spirit. Come on, I'm fine with those that are responding, but I want to linger here. I want to linger here. Come on, we got to get out of the box here tonight. Come on, you got to get out of the box of what you're expecting to happen right now. I believe God wants to loose the gifts of the Spirit in this church but it starts with just letting the spirit have free reign and free course and opening the door. Come on, I'm calling on some old prayer warriors in this church that have spent many decades praying and calling upon God. Come on, I'm calling you to arms tonight to clean out the prayer closets and go back to praying like you've never prayed before. Come on, I'm calling on a generation rising. Come on, we're interested in more than just good church. We're interested in more than just talented church. We're interested in more than just a skilled church but God we need your spirit to move we need your spirit to sweep through this place God we need your spirit to go in and out of every aisle in this house and do what our talent can't do and do what our intellect can't do and do what all the programs can't do and that shake what can't be shaken and move what cannot be moved and take out the stony heart and give a heart of flesh and break down the walls and break down the barriers come on, come on. Let's press into this right now. Come on, if you want to find a place to pray, come on. I'm talking about the kind of ministry that can break the chains of alcohol and break the chains of addiction and break the chains of drugs and tear down the opposition in this city when a people of God will let loose the ministry of the Spirit in their life and in their walk and in their singing. Sing with skill but sing in the Spirit. Preach with studious ability but preach in the spirit amen play in the spirit do whatever you do in the ministry of the spirit come on where the spirit of the Lord is there's liberty. Come on man. say somebody be sensitive. Come on, if you want to run down to this altar. Come on, visitor. Come on, backslider. Come on, right now is the time to respond. Come on, the ministry of the Spirit is in this house. Come on, the ministry of the Spirit is in this place. Come on, man cannot produce what you're feeling. Come on, man, We we didn't put this in a box and bring it out tonight. You can't produce this, amen, with just intellect. Amen, there's been some prayers, and there's been some fastings, and there's been some putting away of the carnal mind, and asking God to visit with us this week. Come on, will somebody open your spirit and say, God, I need your spirit to move in my home, in my marriage, on my children, in my church, in my city. That's it. Surrender. Surrender. Come on, another motivational podcast ain't going to help you conquer suicide. You got to get in the spirit. You got to get in the spirit. You got to get in the spirit. Come on, you gotta let the Spirit of God combat those things. You gotta let the Spirit of God combat those spirits that have been talking to you and lying to you. Come on, you gotta let the ministry of the Spirit loose in your life right now. And I'm talking about the Spirit of God. Amen. That brings hope, that brings life back to a lifeless body. I'm talking about God that can raise the dead, a God that can heal cancer, a God that can set you free. But first, we've got to give him the liberty to work, we've got to give him the liberty to move and sweep through this house. Amen. Like we've never had it before. Come on, somebody make yourself a channel. Somebody make yourself available. Open the door and let him in. Would somebody lift your voice in this house? Would somebody lift your voice in this house? Don't grieve Him. Come on somebody, don't grieve the Spirit tonight. Don't leave this house and make God sorrowful. Don't leave this house and make God sorrowful tonight. That He couldn't reach you. Come on, will you be respectful to those that are praying around you right now? Let's be sensitive to what the Holy Ghost is trying to do. Come on, I know this is maybe different for a Sunday night, but I felt this so strong this afternoon in the Holy Ghost. Come on, young people, come on, young couples in this church come on, I believe that you can have the greatest revival this church has ever seen if you'll let the ministry of the Spirit begin to be the driving force, the driving factor behind every prayer, behind every song, behind every skit, behind every program. Come on, behind every service, behind every Bible study. Every time I knock on a door, God, it's more than passing out a flyer. I'm being used of the Spirit to reach somebody. Come on, every time I go through the Starbucks and hand them a church card, amen, it's more than just going through the motions. I'm being used. I'm being an extension of the Spirit of God. Come on, one more time. Would you reach out? Would you reach out? Would you reach out? Would you reach out? Push past your carnality. Push past your tired mind. Push past your, amen, your inability to reach God the way you want and say, God, I need a touch in this house tonight. I can't wait till Tuesday night. I can't wait till Friday night. I can't wait till next Sunday. I need God's Spirit to minister to me right now. Somebody get alone with God right now. Somebody get alone with God right now. Let him in.